Hello, everyone. Bienvenidos to <laughs> it is time for another. <laughs> We're just going to take that again. Okay. Why? Because uh, I stumbled. <laughs> okay. Well, sometimes people stumble, Brian. Stumble out the gate. But it's not about how we start. It's about how we finish. So welcome <laughs> to the Guantanamo Bay's podcast, A, A Cuban, Cuban Cousin, Cousin Kiki. Kiki. I'm Brian Bogart. And I'm Julian Goza. How has your week been, Jules? Um, pretty good. I've just been like scattershot applying to like a bunch of jobs that are like a terrible fit for me. My boy's growing up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess that's that's part of growing up, right? What have you landed on? Um, I was this close to getting the job as uh, a job as a financial advisor. Why? How terrifying is Why? that? Why? Imagine How? asking me to like set up a four hundred one k for you. Yeah. Um, who interviewed you? So I know to never go to them from financial advice. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the company. Okay. Um, but it was definitely a boys club. So I was like, this is not going to be a good fit for me. I didn't it's say not the as fact much. that it was finance. It was that it was too male <laughs> that year. We're in LA. I'm sure there's like a more queer centric financial advisor. I'm group. sure. <laughs> yes. Queen financial. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. 401. Yes. Gay. <laughs> 401. Yeah. Yeah. 401. Um, gay. Yeah. We could, we could do all these puns all day. Well, you especially because you know finance. Not really. Well, 501C Queen. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Liquine Diddy. (laughs) So liquidity. (laughs) Isn't that a word in finance? Liquidity is. Liquidity. Well, I love water. Liquidity is already a pretty gay word. It's so... Yeah. Liquidity. Yeah. So there's a vowels. certain there's a certain lyrical kind of essence to it. It's very musical, very vowely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are the gayest financial words in the world? <laughs> Check. <laughs> Trina. No. I can't think of any. Okay. Fair enough. Don't ask. Don't three. put Trina on the spot like that. Well, I'm trying to unless it's just like compliments or something. Yeah. Women love that. <laughs> Trina, uh. you're amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. When I was told your name was Trina, Trina, I was like, oh, like the the Power Ranger. Wh- which one was Trina? Well, her name was Trina, and okay. I'm an asshole. But I was like, I'm just going to try to remember. Was that the Asian one? Yes. Um, R.I.P. You labeled. Oh, she died? Yeah. Uh-huh. In a car accident like 2001. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the third death of the week. We had Angus Cloud, <laughs> Pee Wee Herman, and then Trina back in ni- ni- From 22 <laughs> years ago. Um, no, I guess the third death was Sinead O'Connor. It was. She really kicked it off. Yeah. I feel like she bridges the gap between Bjork and Kate Bush. Oh, yeah. In a way that doesn't excite me at all. <laughs> <laughs> but R.I.P. But was was Bjork and Kate Bush as political as Sinead? Or I guess as... Uh, no. As much rocking the boat? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think the tributes have been really lovely. To, you know, it's, it's really kind of reductive, almost insulting to be like, she had her demons, but she was fighting the demons. So yeah. how dare you kind of... But she also that. kind of like took that as an aesthetic, like that, the sense of indignation and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it was very genuine from her. I never felt like it was performative. She's a Sagittarius, Brian. Oh, well, that's <laughs> never mind. That's then. like the what? barn fire of the three fire signs. Really? What That's are the, the three fire signs? Aries, Aries which um, is like the infant terab, you know, the, 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 um, how are you not an Aries? The, I have no Aries in my chart. I know. Um, but I have a wake of, of former friends that are Aries in my path. Um, for someone who oh, wait, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. Okay. okay. Sorry. I, no, I'm just like, for someone who doesn't subscribe to like, the Zodiac, mm-hmm. uh, I know so much about it just by being in your proximity. <laughs> That's over the sweet. Years. Yeah. Well, I read a book on ancient astrology about this thick. Mm. We or make sacrifice. More like <laughs> <laughs> show, show me how thick. <laughs> Start from here, move backwards. Such a veiny book. <laughs> Big old. You're just waiting for me to talk so you could take a sip of your beatbox. 
Um, beatbox, as seen on Shark Tank. Can I have a sip of that? Yeah, you can. Thank you. Watermelon felt like a nice like seasonal, <laughs> seasonal flavor. Um, it says 11.1 alcohol by volume, but when I taste it, it tastes a lot stronger. <laughs> it tastes like nail polish remover. Yeah, wine has like 11% alcohol. Yeah. like, But this tastes way more alcoholic than wine. It tastes a lot closer to Four loco than wine. We were just talking about that. It's yeah. totally there, apparent to Four loco, But in like cuter, like like more like post-millennial packaging. And more like FDA regulated Maybe. version of Four loco. But what the fuck does that mean? I don't know, man. But yeah, because they pulled for loco just because the formula was like considered dangerous. Yeah, I lived in New York at the time, and we all went to the bodegas and like stocked bought the last cases one. of four loco. I had like bought one of the last four locos in, yeah. my, in my college days too. Yeah, and then uh, I'm pretty sure it just got thrown away when I was cleaning out my apartment because I was like, why the fuck do I have this? <laughs> time to grow up, Brian. <laughs> you should have saved it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I should. The problem is like, what happens if it punctures? Though, if there was a way to empty it but keep the can intact, then put then that's bag. like a Jeff Koons piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Oh man, that that would have been high art if we'd done it the right way. Oh well, you live in you learn. You live and you learn. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna ask, how rude of me? How was your week? Well, I just got back from St. Louis Obispo like mm. late last night for my mom's birthday. I we texted her. She said she there. was there. Yeah, I, was I said enjoy, and then I sent a star and a wine emoji. Wow, thank that you. That meant a lot to her. <laughs> uh, it did. Um, you know, and, and we both had, like, you know, your mom is, is finally recovering, mm -hmm. uh, really on the mend from her heart attack, and we love you, Aunt Carmen. Uh, yeah, and then we had a lovely weekend in San Luis Obispo, and Hong came out, uh, and then my parents' friends, like, kind of family friends of ours now, uh, their son and his wife, they both are, like, GMs and work in local vineyards out there. So we got all the tours of all wow. the local wineries. Got friends in high places, Brian Bogart. Yeah, well, my parents do, and then that rubs off on me. <laughs> and they're, like, our age, so it was cool. It was just kind of funny to have these, like, this older couple that were friends, and they're, like, <laughs> trying to push us, the kids, to be friends. He's like, I run a winery. What do you do? You're like, I have a podcast. Uh, yeah, not not running a winery. <laughs> but they were all, yeah, So it's, and it's funny, because, like, the the baton has is totally passed to the kids being the adults. Our parents are like in that retirement mode and just drinking, <sighs> gallivanting. Don't remind me, Brian. Bitch, you've been in retirement mode 32 <laughs> years. But um, yeah, and then, then like all the kids are like coordinating, doing all the driving and like figuring out the logistics and all this stuff. So it's just kind of funny to be in that role where like I feel like so much more of the adult than I ever have, especially with my <sighs> I don't find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> I find it fucking stressful. Because you're less equipped. Yeah, I suppose. But you're, you're working on it because you're... I'm just going to walk out of the studio. Why are we talking about this right now? We don't have to. We don't have to. But let's do, not. Do you want to share news about like what you might do in your future profession or what you want to do? I don't know. I'm always blowing smoke up people's asses. I'm like, I think hairstyling's for me. And then the next week, I'm like, human rights attorney. San Diego It's going to be a focus on immigration law. But I do like psychology. That's something that appeals to me, especially as an actor. But if I become like the psychologist, mm -hmm. <laughs> what happens if they hear this podcast? I'm fucked, Brian. Just go and I'm like liberal, but like have like these weird like right leanings, like questioning climate change and stuff. <laughs> well, that's your that's your business. I've never encouraged just you to I'm an question idiot about climate, the climate doesn't mean I'm an idiot about you know emotions, emotional climate. Yeah, but if if someone's taking advice from you, they hear someone and you'd be like, I mean, what is climate change? And they'll be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't go to this guy anymore. But uh, you know, or I could weave this into my brand as a therapist, which in this era. 
Listen, I'm a, I'm afraid of how effective if therapists that might are be. on TikTok. How is this any worse? That's what I'm saying. Which, I, by I the way, if your therapist is on TikTok, <laughs> get another therapist. get another therapist. Yeah. He's not really a therapist. Yeah. Um, do you want to know what's happening in Cuba this week? Well, sure. That would make sense. This is the Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. And this is the segment that we call News from the Motherland. News from the Motherland. Our mothers are from Cuba. Hence, we like to dive in on the local news from the island nation of Cuba, 90 miles off the coast of Florida. Wow. I know. Pretty wild. Just 90. Just 90. It's so close, yet so far. Yet so far? It's so far. Okay, what happened? Well, it's just kind of what continues to happen. We've talked about how with the... Exodus, the continued diaspora of uh, Cubans leaving Cuba. Um, the government do- has actually been doing some pretty cool shit there that we've, we've kind of talked about this. As they run out of options, they're just kind of like, oh, fuck it. Gays can get married. Um, you know, they're, they're making allowances to people that they hadn't in the previous 60, 70 years. In 2021. They're assimilating to neoliberal culture. As is the world, right? To some degree. Um, yeah. So in 2021, uh, Cuban parliament finally allowed Cubans to own their own businesses up to 100 employees. So allowing for the creation of a private sector, which is kind of unheard of in the ideology of the communist revolution. And so, I mean, the the irony, right, of like now they're creating a private sector uh, kind of in the model of a lot of capitalist countries and China and Vietnam to quote unquote communist countries that don't really act it um, have also like made those allowances and it's really helped out their economies and their countries. So some key quotes from this article, which is really as the private sector begins to rise in Cuba, um, there's room for inequality as, as it happens. The Cubans who work for the state receive a pittance in terms of salary. Like we talked about how cab drivers make more money than doctors in Cuba in a lot of cases. Um, and that's kind of becoming the case here. So there, there's just some key quotes from this article and I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and quote it. It's from Al Jazeera. So, uh, you know, Al Jazeera, I barely know <laughs> Al Jazeera. <laughs> so the communist party wants to keep the state acting as the fundamental economic actor, quote unquote, but has decided to keep professionals working for the state, which prevents them from opening private practices. So this creates a bizarre situation where jobs that require qualifications pay less than jobs that require none. So people who are working at like wooden toy stores, which is like some of the stores that are opening in Cuba, are making more money than doctors and dentists in Cuba mm-hmm. because doctors and dentists have to work for the state. I see. So um, the flight of talent from the state to the private sector also comes at a time when the island has been rumbled by record-breaking immigration. Many young people who don't want who don't see a future in the country choose to leave. And more than 2% of the island's entire population immigrated to just one country, the US, mm-hmm. just in the last year. So Wait, what percentage? 2% of the entire population of Cuba. I wonder what the population is. About 10 million. So I mean, that's a fuck ton. Yeah. It's 200,000. Yeah, people. What do, you, what do you make of this? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, like, frankly, I don't think there should be any hi- hierarchy among jobs of, like, how much people make. I don't know how to make that a feasible model. But, like, you know, in my world, the toy maker makes as much as the doctor, makes as much <laughs> as the prostitute, makes as much as the priest. Uh, <laughs> but in this world, the toy maker makes more than the doctor. Yeah, I know, but that shouldn't be an incendiary idea, Brian. So capitalistic, Mr. Brian. 
Like that shouldn't be upsetting. Like I, the problem is that the doctor isn't making enough. Is that the that problem? Poor. Yeah, that the doctor it's not is. that the toy maker is making more than the doctor. It's that the doctor isn't making enough. Yeah. So well, and uh, you know, I think we all agree so, that unskilled labor is not even real. Like unskilled labor is not a real notion, right? Like we we justify oh yeah poverty wages yeah. by calling it unskilled. But I would love to see an executive. I'm terrible at mopping. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's so, a fucking quality. If you could, if you could mop well, yeah, yeah. And uh, just uh, there's a you know wooden toy maker right here. Like a quote from him was uh, that he finds uh, working for himself gratifying, unencumbered by state hierarchies and excessive bureaucracy. Uh, the private sector, he believes, should never have been done away with, and is now essential to Cuba's future. I probably agree with him there. Uh, he said, there are opportunities wherever you looked. Uh, where If you want to produce a product, there's hardly any competition, so there's plenty of market niches to attack. So if you are going to start a business in Cuba, might as well do it when none have previously existed. So it's a good time to get into the ground floor, baby. I just wish we lived in a country where we had wooden toy makers. That sounds fucking adorable. I think they exist. Like, how did they get Geppetto for this fucking article? <laughs> what do you call Geppetto that's, like, Cuban? I'm trying to think. Well, this guy's name. Geppetto. <laughs> it's Julian. Uh, so you know, oh, my God. Julian yeah. Granados. Granados. Yeah. Julian Granados. That sounds pretty fucking close to Geppetto in Cuba. <laughs> I guess if you ask so. Me. I guess so. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, there is an actual private sector in Cuba that did not previously exist as recently as two years ago. But tell me, Brian. Uh-oh. The communist country of China. Uh huh. Do they have private companies? Oh yeah. Have I you, feel you, like you, all of our conversations about Cuba always lead back to China because there's a lot of alignment, like yeah, alignment. But I do. figured there were Chinese. Is my Honda Chinese? <laughs> That's Japanese. It's <laughs> Japanese. Okay, okay. But you know what? Go and tell a Japanese person <laughs> that your Honda's Chinese and see what they say. Uh, they might not be thrilled. Listen, I like Mattel. I like Honda. Okay? <laughs> I'm a simple. I'm a simple <laughs> Actually, person. maybe Mattel is. Taiwan, or as the Barbie movie likes to say, South, <laughs> China, Southeast China. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I still haven't seen Barbie, so I don't know what what was. So we talked about this last week. What did you feel uh, any of the propaganda in Barbie and or Oppenheimer for that matter? Uh, Barbie, the, the propaganda is more poignant, apparent, apparent. Not a poignant. movie about Barbie has more propaganda than a movie about the creation well, of the Well, Barbenheimer stylistically is like kind of inaccessible and the sound design's too loud. You can't hear what anyone's saying. They like jumble the timeline as Christopher Nolan always does. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just the messaging in Barbie is just so much louder because it's just, it's just a more accessible viewing experience. But you felt propagandized in Barbie. Yeah. And I think, I don't want to get into it too much, but I think they kind of, the antagonist of the movie didn't totally make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And by making that character, the antagonist, um, they then forced this conversation about like gender dynamics, which as we've talked about, like in a way reinforces the gender binary. Yeah. If we're in this so-called like post-gender society yeah. where like everyone's non-binary and like mm -hmm. on the spectrum of gender, then I'm like, then it's not helpful to be like, boys do this and girls do that. Barbie is the most gender binary uh, I know that, but that was, shouldn't be the plot, right? No, I. That agree. should be maybe some of the context around the plot, mm -hmm. but I don't think it should so explicitly be the plot. So that's and that that's, was, a, that's a huge issue in like most big movies I see now. Yeah, like Pixar's Elemental. Did you see that? Wasn't it supposed to have a non-binary character in it? Well, that aside, <laughs> and I think its name was you Lake. You picked the one movie where, where there was like the first ever non-binary character. I think their name was Lake. Uh huh. In Elemental, sure. and that's a great non-binary name, but 
Um, I wasn't talking about the non-binary part. It's a movie like very overtly about like immigration and like deportation and stuff. And I'm like, Pixar, like the reason why films are such powerful propaganda is like, because it doesn't have to be about the thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that could be the like foundation of the thing, but that's not necessarily like. But tell the story. And let us draw our own conclusions. Yeah, because those themes could still be there. Like, and anything is inherently political. Like, like you were saying, Bjork and Kate Bush aren't as political as Sinead O'Connor, and I'm like, yeah, but like implicitly they are, just by just by being freaky women. Yeah, no, that's true. And I could say the same of Barbie, because I I look at Bjork and I think of her as some like kind of queer icon. You think of the swan dress with the egg that plops out. If not for the fact, if only for the fact, really, that just her, her. First of all, the music. <laughs> like, what the fuck That's is that? Like, not the best Bjork impression, which, but, <laughs> but it's not the worst. It's not the worst. And then also the the clothing is so loud, and in a lot of cases androgynous. That's its own statement. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say it's not even androgynous. It's like post-human. Like Bjork right. is like aesthetically on a different level. Yeah, androgynous. I'm like, implies. I guess it's it's because she's from Iceland. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that architecture looks like. <laughs> you try growing up with a bunch of snow hotels around you. You're it, gonna it, dress it. You're gonna dress like a swan. It'll change you. Yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna come out the same way. So that is kind of what's happening in Cuba. An emerging <laughs> Bjork wears swan dresses. Uh, just That's another the- week in Cuba. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, how do we thread this fucking needle? We always find a way to. We always do. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm pro like private companies popping up in Cuba, even though like I still identify more as a capitalist than a communist. Because again, I haven't seen communism like fully work. Well, and the reason why, you know, there are probably a number of reasons why. Because Raul Castro, when he took over for Fidel, he'd actually attempted to forge some semblance of a private sector. Um, but he was met with too much resistance from parliament. There are probably a number of reasons. I think the the easy, like one of the most prevalent ones is they did not want all of a sudden uh, empowered, you know, self-made citizens to have any kind of bargaining power against the against parliament, against the government. So the government has had a monopoly on really every facet of existence in that country. Something I'm kind of well, that kind of makes me wary. Like I don't want like private interests to like then inform what the government does because well, then that would be kind of like this, right? Well, sure, but we'll also we've let it get to a really drastic point here with the oh here, yeah. yeah. When America was at its best, I feel like the government, and the private sector, were in a way on equal footing. There was they would just give away Cadillacs, sure. big ones, yeah. pretty ones, exactly, in shades of yellow, as hot, as <laughs> tall as the eye could see. Um, so <laughs> and like, sailors actually wore those sailor outfits, but and then also allowed the emergence of the American middle class, which was a, a global model to look to. So I think we definitely let it spin out of control. Like Reagan was, where we lost the thread there. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Hey, trigger warning, <laughs> Reagan. We're talking about Reagan. But uh, but so, you know, maybe it's inevitable that it does get to that point if you even create a private sector. But there is there is a, a moment where the balance can be beneficial to an emerging middle class of any country. Yeah. It happened in China, even though that's now they've, they've lost a thread now. And now there there's a lot of a lot more dissent than there used to be and a lot more um, social strife than there used to be. So, yeah. Because, like, why aren't wooden toy makers making money here? You know, at least the ones in Cuba are making money. Well, also that's because <laughs> their market... There are no demands for wooden toys here. <laughs> well, yeah, and, or maybe, like, <laughs> I'm sure there are a handful of wooden toy makers in the U.S., but they're probably hyper-specialized. <laughs> right, they're collector's items. The Cuban market 
Welcome to my wooden toy closet. The Cuban market's like 50 years in the past in a lot of ways. Yeah. So there, there's more. Which of, like, sorry, but also I'm jealous. Yeah. But but there's just more of a demand for wooden toys when your country's been stuck in the When 50s. you don't have, yeah, Game Boys. Yeah. Right? Do people still play those, Brian? Straight boy. <laughs> Straight boy. Do they have a Game Boy? <laughs> I'm sure they do. Yeah. I haven't cool. played a Game Boy in a hot Actually, minute. gay people probably play Game Boys all the time. Yeah. I'm just not that type of gay. Sorry. I'm not a gamer. Yeah. G-A-Y-M-E-R. Yeah, thank yeah, you, Brian. You're welcome. So that's news from the motherland. Once again, uh, you, you're a little weary. You're a little weary of a, an emerging Weary. Concept. Did I... I said wary. 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 Yeah, weary's a little different. Leery. I was kind of thinking of Worn leery. down. Rode hard. Mm-hmm. Put away wet. <sighs> <laughs> By the way, Trina told me that Avril Lavigne had a, had a beatbox flavor. She never records without a beatbox. She never records without a beatbox. Is, is that true, Trina? That's what she said? Wow. She's pulling it up. I was just talking about Avril Lavigne and how like she talked like this, you know. She's like, I just, I'm not punked who I am. I saw a video of her it's recently. Like, she was talking to I don't know who the other singer was, but she was like, I know a girlfriend in like seven languages. Like she has to sing it in seven languages whenever she tours. And she did like the Japanese version. And there are people in the comments being like, Yeah, she said nothing in Japanese. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but it sounded like really good Japanese gibberish. Like when I heard it, I was like, That's totally Japanese. Yeah. And then people were like, She did not say. Yeah. What she said she did. But I don't that feels her. like a good segue. Could we actually, is it possible to move some tabs around? Because I do want to kind of go into the gay news item of the week. Ooh, what's the gay item of the week? Well, do you see a caption in there about Pedro Pascal? <laughs> it would have been in Spanish, right? Yeah. It's, in por- it's in Portuguese. Portuguese, okay. Yeah. So keep in mind, my understanding of this article actually came through a gay porn site that I'm not going to send you the link to. But, um, so... This is the the part of the show where I bring Brian a gay news item of the week. Mm-hmm. When he first asked for this, he asked for a gay item, and I thought he meant a physical item. So now we bring him both. Yeah. So let's first do the news item, and then I'll show you the physical okay. item. Okay. So the news item. Are of they the related? Week, no, not at all. Okay, okay. So the new, well, maybe. I'm just imagining, like, and the gay physical item is this video of Pedro Pascal getting reamed by this gay <laughs> porn actor. <laughs> no, but so what happened was Pedro Pascal uh, followed this gay porn actor named Julian Chase. Mm-hmm. It's Man, the episode of A Thousand Julians, dare I say. Yeah. Um, he nervous. followed an, um, this gay porn star, Julian Chase, on, not on Instagram. I looked on Instagram, but I don't have a Twitter, so I'm guessing Twitter. Mm-hmm. I can't look. You mean Thanks X. Salon. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to call it X. I'm not going to call it Max. I still don't but call Pedro Facebook Pascal Meta. Yeah. may be calling Julian Chase. I mean, it's just an interesting, and I think he's openly bi, right? Well, I think he's implicitly bi. <laughs> I don't That's think he's, he's come out as bi, but... I think that's what people certainly project onto him, and I don't think he does anything to resist that. He's he's Latin. Yeah. Like, fully. You're <laughs> half Latin, so you're a quarter bi. <laughs> that explains Although it. Although, with that math, I'd also be half bi. Or I'd be bi and not fully gay. Right. If it came down to, like, ethnic half. Well, what do you think? You're, like, 75% gay, 25% <laughs> bi? Honey. <laughs> Probably like 95.5. And you know what that 3% is? Sydney Sweeney. It's true. I, I already knew it, that like, answer. I'm like, that's how guys, straight guys must feel when they look at like Brad Pitt or something. The way you all talk about Brad Pitt, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's how I talk about Sydney Sweeney. Right. Where you're like, like oh my God. Just, I know I should like this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, all right. Like, I, I'm normally not straight, right? <laughs> but like, <bro. laughs> but like if, I, if it was just me and Sydney Sweeney, like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> that's, I knew that you were going to say Sydney Sweeney before you even brought it up. Oh, 
Yeah. But anyway, I doubt she'd appreciate me doing this. Mm, I think she Sydney, sh- I love you also. Like <laughs> I think she'd find I mean, it novel you. that a gay man is as like openly attracted to her. Totally, totally. Yeah, that's like a great badge of approval. Totally. Yeah. I think she'd appreciate that. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know what your opinions would be on Pedro Pascal following Julian Chase. Obviously, he should be following whoever he wants and it shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, but I hope they're dating. Well, there's like a you know, like I've followed, I don't know about like gay porn stars, not like porn stars, but people who like come to my show. There's like the stripper couple who came to my show once. Well, you just love your fans. Yeah. And they, they messaged me. They definitely tried to coerce Hong and I into an orgy. Oh, you told um, me this. Hong wasn't into it. But <laughs> we but sounds like you were. Well, I would have at least had the conversation. Right, you know? right, right. Um, Dialogue is so important. What's that? Dialogue, Dialogue is, so is important. important. And, you know, that's not her line. That's But, uh, you know, I still follow them. And now does now the guy in the couple he's he definitely seems to be a little bi right okay just just in my interactions with him and and all that stuff um so i don't know i mean they're a great couple so like technically by that logic i follow uh like porn stars or like only fans people and that's the rational takeaway is like just because you follow someone doesn't doesn't mean mean they're fucking which i need to tell myself all the time when i go through like my ex's following list and be like oh my god and that guy too and that guy too it's like (laughs) or they could have just i don't know just had a hand job or something maybe it was super tame and pedro pascal is way more has way more friends than i do you know he has a way larger (laughs) network he has he has way more people like and go him for not caring that we know who he's following yeah yeah so i don't know this is kind of a non-story to me but uh that's a big old it is a non-story yeah but I hope, uh, and then as much as I hope that they're dating, sometimes I'm like, no, because Petro Pascal deserves just following someone doesn't mean you're me. Dating. Yeah, he deserves me. He deserves someone that will really understand him. That kind of vaguely looks like you know. Him. Whereas gay porn stars, I'm like, I don't know if you're actually gay. Like, put your money in your front pockets, everybody. But we don't know if Petro Pascal's actually gay too. We don't, but yeah. I know he's less likely to rob the gay porn star than the gay porn star is to rob <laughs> Petro Pascal. That is true. The porn star is not on Mandalorian, sweetie. What I will say, mm-hmm. it's a big old slap of beefcake right there. <laughs> Isn't he? I know. Did you know who that I'm was? I'm not so much about muscle, and he's too hairless for me, and too way too many. Tattoos. What do you like? You like hairy, like, like darker, Latin Arab, um, like, but not that muscular. Oh, and black. What uh, do people look for? What do you look for? Like, like, like what? What's the dime? I mean, piece? if you saw my explore page, Brian, I've told you it's just like Arabic <laughs> guys that don't realize their entire audience is just gay people in America. Or like maybe they do, but, but maybe, maybe, they, maybe they, do. they just can't be out. You know. Cause, that's cause, true, cause and, that's, and guys, I look at their following too to see right. if they're gay or not. But then I'm like, oh, they're following all these men, and I'm like, well, yeah, Jules, they live in a Muslim country. Yeah, they can't be following like these big titted Instagram accounts, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Do you Women follow can... like raunchy, racy accounts no. or like accounts of porn not stars? Or... It's all like comedians and people I know, <laughs> and and also like dumbass like meme and sports pages okay. and stuff. I've been I look lately. My feed has all been. Uh, NFL and college football and cats. <laughs> That's like my whole feed. That's and my cool. algorithm has really trapped me in, into that rhythm because I used to like not have that catered of a feed. Now I'm just like, oh my God, this is who I am. Yeah. I remember you being shocked when you opened my Instagram and you were like, oh my God, it's just like hairless. <laughs> I mean, hairless, hairy chests of like these thick eyebrowed men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, they figured me out. Yeah. But my friend uh, was talking about how he's like purposely not saving or liking any of those posts anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause he wants to like clear out his, and yeah. my, my, my ideal Instagram would be like pretty and like design based and like architecture more curated, more curated. But right now it's just dirty. It's just dirty. Cause I save posts to like look at for later. And I you think save posts. I never save posts in a folder called hot. 
And then I have a Pisces folder. I have a Lana Del Rey folder. <laughs> I mean, I hate to tell you, you reap what you sow. Yeah, for sure. You save those yeah. you save those in a folder. Instagram's going to be like, okay, he likes this. He's calling it hot. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's yeah, and then it's wants. like sponsored ads for like mermaid tails that are made of rubber, you know? Yes. Which brings me to the gay physical item of the week. Ooh. Not a rubber mermaid tail, I presume. Oh, not a mermaid tail. It wouldn't fit in my bag. gorgeous Mary Poppins bag. No. Um, but it would be close to fitting. Metaphor. If you fold it. <laughs> um, the gay item of the week is The Sluts by Dennis Cooper. Have you heard of this book? Yeah, can we get get a close-up on the camera there? Not a close-up. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, Thank you, Trina. So this The Sluts. Also, you want to talk about beefcake? You're, you're showing me all sorts of beefcake He's today. not a beefcake. Well, no, but he, he's very... He's, like, kind of methy. He's and that's a, kind of the energy of the book. It's, like, mm-hmm. after hours, like, freaky shit. But Ooh. it all... It, it was written in the early 2000s. And um, I'll just I'll just read you the synopsis from the back. Set largely on the pages of a website where gay male escorts are reviewed by their clients and told through the postings, emails, and conversations of several dozen unreliable narrators. The Sluts chronicles the evolution of one young escort's date with a satif- satisfied client into a metafiction of pornography, lies, half-truths, and myth. It's it's like a really gnarly read. I read all this this morning. That's what I did from like nine to noon. Really? Um, yeah, because like, it was like so upsetting. I was like, I just got to get through it. It almost sounds like the Andrew Cunanan story. A I little got, bit. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that was the Gianni Versace killer uh, or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Um, also a gay escort. But this is just a little excerpt I have, and I'll bleep certain words because sure. it is kind of that unsettling. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the bleeping's necessary. Go ahead. Really? Yeah. Should I just read it all? Who cares? Yeah. Okay, well, this is um, an exchange between an escort and someone reaching out to the escort. Um, And the escort's tie, his name's Kui. The guy says, Kui, I want to fuck you bareback, shove huge dildos up your ass and put my fist inside you. You sure we shouldn't bleep this? Keep going. I want to fill fill your stomach with cum and piss. I want to punch you in the stomach until you throw up, then make you lick the vomit off the floor. I want to beat you until the piss and shit and until you piss and shit and vomit blood. It gets worse. This is not a joke. Name your price. Okay, maybe we should. Leave. <laughs> I told you, it's like a like it was kind of an upsetting read. But what's but the reason Christ. why I brought this the reason why I brought this in I was reading up on this uh, author Dennis Cooper, and in mid twenty sixteen he engaged in a two month standoff with Google, because uh, Google deleted his blog and Gmail accounts without warning. I just think of like Ruby Ridge or Waco when I think of like a standoff. Like Google brings out the <laughs> the, the trucks and like the negotiator and stuff like that. Yeah, it was more of like an email exchange that he had with Google or something. Oh, interesting. Because like Ruby Ridge, I guess, was freedom of expression, huh? Uh, well, but yeah. they were like a militia, weren't they? Right. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Just, I don't. But, think but when Dennis I think Cooper... of standoff, like I think that's what I think of. Uh huh. Yes. But go ahead. So he was in the standoff with Google. Yes, yeah. it deleted his blog and Gmail accounts without warning due mm-hmm. to what the company described as unspecified violations of their terms of use policy. At least specify them, bitch. Tell me why I'm suspended. I yeah. Uh, ten years of Cooper's writings were lost, including a novel. Oh, that sucks. And he termed the situation a nightmare. Google's yeah. attorneys contacted Cooper, and after long negotiations, returned his data. Yeah. But that was so so interesting. Like, I know 2016 wasn't that long ago, but I was like, that story feels like so contemporary now. Contemporary and all, but at the same time, like, like Gestapo. I know. Like what? You're like the, the, <laughs> but the, bitch, I read the excerpt. Imagine Google yeah. reading that. Yeah. They, they would have been shocked. <laughs> Larry and Sergey are just like, oh, <laughs> we cannot and Sergei, have this. Yeah. yeah. It's Sergey with an E, right? Sir, <laughs> Sir, <laughs> Sergey yeah. with an E. Episode title alert. After reading that, probably not. <laughs> um, that's so, I mean, why, why is, why is the sex gotta be so violent though? 
I know. Well, and I think it's kind of an exploration of like people's fantasies. Cause keep in mind, this is all on a message board. So you don't know the credibility of what everyone's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a fanfic almost. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you're not really, some stories more y- than y- others. It's kind of left to, to, up to you to decide as the, as the reader. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's the dark underbelly to like gay, gay sex. culture. Yeah. Um, I live in Hollywood. Like I'm kind mm-hmm. of in the, the nexus of it sometimes. Do you have anything you want to share about that? My mom listens to this. Absolutely not. Um, but I do think there is kind of seeking out disassociation through through sexual acts, especially if shame is a component to it. Right. And that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> Start freebasing. Um. <laughs> well, you did not disappoint with the gay animal of the week this week, Julian. Uh, yeah. Good job. Good. Thank you. I read it so quickly. I was like, oh, like it's it gets pretty gnarly. Um, I'm excited to put this in the, I'm excited to put this in the captioning app just to see what uh, the captioning app bleeps and doesn't bleep. I'm like, is piss a bleep worthy oh, word? Right. I was like, is yeah. Trina gonna censor it? No, no TikTok. No, no, no. We would never is put gonna you t- that. Okay. Trina doesn't believe in censorship. Hell yeah. 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 She's like, if you're gonna piss and shit, just fucking do <laughs> just it. Just make sure to do it in his mouth and not miss yeah. it. Yeah. And, and lay a tarp. Yeah, lay a tarp. <laughs> lay a tarp before him. Just be considerate. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I mean, where do we even go from here? We well, have- I think I want to go to a place where I've always wanted to live. Is it the world according to Jules? Because that's the kind of place I want to live in. All right. This is where I ask Julian. I don't ask him. I always say that. We read Julian a series of headlines from the week that was and get his unfiltered reaction. I want no thought to go into this, Julian. I want you to just let me know what your stream of consciousness is. Oh, wait. You get there. Uh, it's the one after the tab you just showed. There we go. Yeah. You get 30 to 60 seconds of unfiltered, completely unfiltered response. Mm-hmm. Do you accept this mission? I always do. All right. Your first story. Chinese zoo denies its bears are humans in costume. Images posted online prompt questions as to whether the animals are real after one is show standing upright on slender hind legs. It does look a lot like a guy in a costume. Your thoughts? It likely is a guy in a costume. I can't tell you why. I know China has less bears than the United States, but I know for a fact China has less bears than the United States, especially if you're counting human bears. Um, there are a shitload of those in the United States. Go to Provincetown in September. Forget about it. You'll be mauled by a grizzly, honey. Um, I'd also like to see that video. We don't have to play it if it kind of messes. Okay, let's do it. But I saw the video. It's very short. But keep going. Okay. Keep going. Um, and just from that thumbnail, I could de- like it. Definitely looks like a human upright. Also, what is up? With- oh yeah, that's one hundred percent a human. <laughs> that's one hundred percent a human. Look at the legs. Look at that pansy. Look at that pancake ass. And like who? What? Bear- it literally looks like a man that's like going to take a piss or something. What bears ever looked like that? Um, the, no, that's no bear. The zoo officials uh, pointed out that the temperatures were so hot that a man could not sustain that uh, being in that costume for that long. And he, you know, why it's probably a guy in the costume is because bears can't sustain that temperature for so long. So you think to take it easy on the bears, they were just like, and they were like, oh, this is easy. We'll just flip the narrative. Yeah. Just hey, Joe, the go out there. The, yeah, yeah. Um, that's so funny. Um, well, and they also said that they are going to have people come and inspect. You know, to make sure to confirm that those are bears. I imagine they give them like a week and they're just like, okay, guys, we are on a nationwide search <laughs> for these bears. And then, you know, they'll, they'll bring the inspectors. But I don't know. That's it. I Looking at that, I'm like, that's a different costume. It's not a very convincing costume. It's not even convincing. I wonder how fooled everyone was. 
But it actually did spike the like American exceptionalist brain in me is like they were so fooled they've never seen a bear and it's like yeah I haven't either bitch like I've never been to Yosemite no uh well that's the thing this got traction on social media because a lot of the patrons had you know posted this and and were like this doesn't look real (laughs) and it actually spiked attendance at that zoo by thirty percent because everyone wanted to see the guy in the bear costume so okay from a marketing perspective what do you think should the zoo then say oh yeah come watch the no right you keep you keep the mystery because that's what'll bring in tickets. I think if the zoo officials, yeah, maybe keep it alive until you just can't anymore until the story's blown and over. And then you make it like merchandise, right? Man and then, bear, and then you could say, I think if you were savvy, and I don't know if they have the sense of humor to pull this off, but if they were savvy, they would keep this going as long as they can, and then be like, ah, oh, we were kidding the whole time, guys. We got you. Whether you're kidding or not, just lean into the joke. Yeah, and then uh, go along with business as usual. This is not the first time something like this has happened. Also in Egypt. A, uh, a zoo is accused, I think pretty much proven, to paint a donkey to look like a zebra. <laughs> so there, this is not the only incident That's of, cute. like, animals. It sounds like a good time. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with looking at a donkey at a zoo. Like, that's so cool. At least it's still an animal. Like, yeah. whereas this is, like, really trying to fuck with people's perspectives. Yeah, it's true. Classic like, Chinese government. What do those kids think? You know, like, yeah. that'll fuck them up. More than anything, I'm like, that bear or whoever's in that costume needs to do more squats. Heeny. Yeah, I'd, I'd look more you're, like you're a bear gonna, in you're, that gonna shame the bear. you're gonna fitness shame the bear. You're gonna fitness shame the bear, like that poor guy who's just trying to sweat in the triple digit heat. So that's your first story, okay? Yeah, your What's conclusion. My second one? Your conclusion is that it is indeed a man in a bear uh, costume. <laughs> yeah. I think I that was kind same. of your version of the Pedro Pascal porn star story, <laughs> where I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. I think that was a that this is more of a story than that. Like <laughs> Pedro Pascal following a dude, I don't know. So, God, you're open-minded. Your next, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, like d- the, I've done my own poor man's version of that. Yeah, right? sure, so sure. I don't, it don't make a shit to me. Um, but also, I, I'm, well, not the only straight guy I know. There are many, but I, I've stripped at gay clubs. Like, I know the rackets. Yeah. You know, these are people. You know we're, uh, yeah. we're a good customer base. Yeah, totally. And just, I, I don't view it that way, Julian. You guys are friends. <laughs> you guys are friends who are people. And we loved your last album. And you deserve to be heard. <laughs> um... Next one. Okay. An otter in Santa Cruz, pretty close by, is hassling surfers and stealing their boards. Your thoughts? Bears, otters. What's the next one about wolves, Brian? I know what you're doing, by the way. And these are all different. <laughs> I wasn't even doing that. Tribes. I wasn't even trying. So otters okay. are getting in fights with people on surfboards? Yeah. Um, straight up stealing I the boards. I hear otters are nasty. They like rape each other and steal babies and stuff. Like they're total like I mean colonialists. They're not the only animals that do that. Well, no, I know, but the only ones with fur that do that, I don't know. I'm like the only That's ones that, that do that are dolphins. Like no. I don't know why all these water animals are so savage. Go ahead. But this I think otters are kinda cute. I also think they're overrated though. Oh. Like wet fur is kind of unsavory, don't you think? They're also like amphibious, so they can come on land and dry off, and you can pet them. That's true. So I, yeah, but even then, I'm like, but you and Otter, you're supposed to be in the water. Get back in there. Yeah. Uh, there's a video. Well, I Otter. Uh, there's a video that just like uh, just melted me the other day of like an otter. It was like at a sanctuary, and he went up to this guy and like was showing him how to pet him. Like the otter just wanted to be pet so bad, and so like, and he's like putting his little paw up to like grab the guy's hand to like put on his little head. Yeah. And you're telling me that they're nasty. Yeah. Chilling. <laughs> also, like, if like, are they 
following the orcas move of trying to flip over boats or something. So this, you know, this is that's like there's like this hierarchy between like water vehicles and the actual animals. You know, it's like orca versus yacht, ship. orca yeah. versus yacht, otter, otter versus surfboard. <laughs> That is a good point. Because this is the latest in a trend of animals acting out against humans. Microplastics. Which we get. Uh, interesting theory. <laughs> I don't know. But, but you know, ma- like, I don't have an issue. Like, it's an animal. It's going to do what it's going to do. And, you know, God bless it. But uh, surfers are not yacht owners. You know, surfers aren't polluting. The ones in the- California could be. <laughs> but they're not. But surfboards don't pollute the water, right? Oh, like right, surfers, right, right. yeah. There's live, no like sewage that spills out of a surfboard. And kind of the the pathos of surfing is to be like one with the ocean, embracing nature. Oh, Brian, different from the pathos. Not in like fifty years has that been the pathos of surfing. Like once Kelly Slater was in, it was over, honey. It might as well have been just like one long Nike commercial. I love that you think surfing is like this paragon of like hippie culture. <laughs> it's not. Um, you ever been to Malibu, dude? Those those men are awful, and they're maybe, surfers. Maybe maybe I'm just romanticizing the the origins of surfing for in sure. A way. But but still, it hasn't surfing, been Polynesian in ages. But it is a far cry. Surfing is a far cry from owning and boating on a yacht. I think we yeah. can all agree there. Yeah. So it's just funny that like. The orcas were like, yeah, fuck yeah, I got those yacht owners with the otters. I'm like, you know, you find find a, maybe a pontoon boat to harass. Sure. Maybe, maybe not surfers just yet. A pontoon boat. Yeah, something that still is, is polluting, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Surfers are, and also surfers are the ones that get eaten by sharks because, uh, you know, sharks confuse them for seals. Right. So, so I kind of feel like surfers just get done dirty. Uh, yeah. Just, I confuse seals for mermaids and try to fuck them. Yeah, yeah, you and and uh, 16th, 17th century sailors, <laughs> which is a big part of my Venn diagram. <laughs> that's where y'all have a lot of overlap. Yeah, is fucking sea creatures. Well, that's your second story. We actually have a special bonus third. Do we have for- time for it? Yeah. Do you, how much time do we have, Trina? Okay, we do. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we didn't get starts a little later. So, um, your final one. Oh, wolves. <gasps> Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I was like, fuck, Mary, kill. <laughs> fuck, bear, Mary, wolf, kill, otter. All right, you already have Even it. Even I'm d- probably an otter. I didn't have to ask. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm close to an otter. I I'm suppose. Like, I used to be a twink back in the day. I was yeah. a pretty, pretty slam dunk twink. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm just an uh, okayish otter. You ever miss Jeffrey? Jeffrey? Actually, he wasn't no. a twink. Uh, that was I a bad joke. Don't. Uh, you saw that they're selling his island, though, right? Jeffrey no. Epstein's island? Mm-mm. I'd get rid of all the Masonic scary shit, and I think I'd be fine. I mean, an island's an island. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> it's only going to appreciate. California company turns recycled shower, sink water, into beer. Your thoughts? I drink it. Girl, I've drank worse than that. You're drinking a beatbox I'm right drinking now. a fucking beatbox right now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's not even the Avril Lavigne flavor. Um yeah, I'm into it. Wait, how do they get it? <laughs> how do they get that water? How do they get it? The, the details are a little vague. California company parlayed its water recycling expertise into the creation of a beer made from San Francisco residential buildings drink water. So Also, my like dumb science brain is like, once it becomes carbonated, it's sanitized. It's like <laughs> boiling something. It's like bubbles mean it's clean, dude. No, 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 no. No? Car- carbonating piss will not make it sanitized. I'm so bad at science, Brian. The other day, uh, I was like, what was I talking about? I was like... 
Well, oh, it was a bag of ice. And I was like, oh, it won't melt if it's in the dark. And my, what? And my friend was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, and I had to explain, like, no, it's summer. Nighttimes, it'll, it's less likely. But it was like, what a funny idea that, like, something's less likely to melt if it's in the shadow. It might, well, it might slow down the melting process, but it will melt if it's above freezing temperature. Yeah. So then, it, yeah. Yeah. It's less likely to melt quickly. If it gets less exposure to light in the sun, sure. It, yeah. It, it, it's... Light and sun will make it melt faster, but yeah. it will still melt. Were you planning on just like leaving in a room overnight, like in the dark, and just like <laughs> no. waking up the next morning to a bunch of ice? Nah, nah. But where do I find this beer? Because I'm down to try it. So they they only made like a limited run of it so far. This is like pretty brand new. This this story just broke today. Um, buildings globally use 14 percent of all potable water. Almost no buildings reuse that water. That's what we're trying to change. Uh, CEO, it's it's called a Epic Clean Tech is the company. So the beer's not currently for sale. <laughs> Epic Clean Tech, I know, right? That's like, so like the company from Terminator, uh, Sky <laughs> Sky Skylink, yeah. Skynet, and and they were also having like a similar message of like you know global you know harmony and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, under under the singularity. Um, but here they're just trying to get us to drink piss, and if if it's safe, I'm okay with it. Um, so. Not currently for sale due to regulations banning recycled wastewater from being mm. used in commercial beverages. That I think I think that's going to change before too long. Um, they said we ended up producing just over seven thousand cans, not as a commercial product, but as an educational effort. It can't be worse than high fructose corn syrup. I bet it'd be linked to way less cancer. I feel like high fructose corn syrup is maybe, the boogeyman. Maybe that's true. I was still going to call it the boogeyman. I, I, yeah, but. It fucking is like yeah. it's. It ain't rad. It ain't natural, and I love it. <laughs> I probably had some today. It says, uh, but frankly, we did not anticipate the tremendous response that we saw. Uh, <laughs> quote: The beer it actually just tastes really good. This kind of reminds me of that uh, big conference that they had during COVID. What was it called? Remember, it was like it wasn't like the Davos Summit or something, but they were like it was like the Royals went, all these big energy companies, and someone gave a speech that was like people will own own nothing and be happy. And I feel like this kind of this is all part of these austere measures to just like browbeat us down into just like accepting literal piss for beer. <laughs> Because cost of production for everything now is so fucking expensive and no one knows how to do it. In this economy? Yeah. Uh, in a way, that's kind of the path to, and I've been reading that book you gave me, but the path to fully uh, automated luxury communism is that kind of existence. Um, and with the way that solar is going, because the idea is, and we don't have to like get into too much of the specifics, but yeah. what if capitalism isn't, it's not capitalism and communism competing, maybe capitalism is a means to... Uh, create a more socialistic society where our, all of our basic needs are met and we're able to live in a post-scarcity world um, because it's easier to think of a the world ending. It's easier to think of the world ending before capitalism ending. Right. Uh, but maybe capitalism is a means to an end. And then, you know, once the scarcity problem is solved, we won't have any problems doing this because the technology's there. The beer's good. It's healthy and safe. And right. we don't have to keep wasting resources. Right. I also love that I gave you that book to read maybe six, four months ago. And unlike all of my friends that would take this long to just not read it and then lose the book, you're actually Yeah, going, I, I'm not that too It's far a page a week, but I'm glad you're still reading yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm only able to read when I'm on vacation for the most part. So I did it when I was in Austin and flying to him back. But cool. Uh, yeah. I'll Do be, you ever get comments about it when you're slapping that book around? Town? Yeah, my dad My dad saw it and he's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. That's a Bruce. Yeah. That's a Bruce book right there. Totally. He's like, that's, that's my kind of that's kind of life I want to live. Well, <laughs> well, I hope you told him that it was one's mine. Uh, yeah, I think I do. And if I'm not, like, I swear, Bruce, I'm smart. If not, uh, hey, dad, that's Julian's book. So <laughs> credit to him. Yeah. Uh, but that 
wraps up the world according to Jules. I think we have one more segment. And that and segment we'll would poor be... Trina get on with her day. We will. But but that segment, I believe, is called <gasps> Bogey Bogey Bum Bum. What do we do here? Well, this <laughs> is the part of the show where I will read Brian a headline, and then Brian has to choose a song that the headline reminds him of. It's okay if it's not A to B. It could be A to D. Mm-hmm. It could be A to K. It, it often is it could not. be A to Z. It is often not A to B. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, I don't know if you saw, Cardi B was pelted with a full cup of water. Oh, girl, I love Cardi B. Um, and in response, she threw a microphone I at saw. the person. And fucking nailed the dude. I mean, she's Dominican. She's like from New York. Yeah, yeah. She, of course she's going to nail it. Of course she can pitch. Yeah. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> the baseball's in her blood, honey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, someone has a song ready. Jeez, Louise. Uh, um, no. But she is actually being sued. Mm. by one of the women. So apparently it hit the person that threw the drink at her. The microphone mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. once Cardi threw it. Hit the person that threw the drink at her and then ricocheted and hit the other woman. No one knows who is suing her for yeah. battery right. uh, of the two women. But I mean, is there any kind of photo of the injury or anything like that? No, but you have you seen the video? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it bounce off and hit anyone. But okay, Me this- neither, but it looked like it was kind of imprecise, as it would be. She's on stage throwing it into a crowd. But I think she did indeed nail that guy. I think she did. Or I think, I think she, woman. Who, who threw the water on her? Yeah. I think I thought it was a guy, but... Are I you sure? Know. Trina. <laughs> <laughs> Fact check. Yeah, yeah. Um, let us... Let, let, I think it said two women on there. Did, did she hit a, a woman or a guy? It seems like it ricocheted and hit another woman. But a microphone that bounces off of someone and, like, hits you like first of all would it hit your fucking head after that like it's it's gonna it's on a downward trajectory. no one should be throwing anything at anyone i think every star this summer that's been pelted in the face by all sorts of shit should sue yeah i mean how do you prove it i guess right even in this surveillance state it's hard to i guess with and that's what's scary about the more frequently this happens the more it's like oh we'll need more facial recognition technology in venues or worse i'm gonna have to see beyonce in two months be- perform behind a scrim yeah but this isn't exactly 9-11 like 9-11 paved the way for more airport security like i don't see like cardi b you getting, don't go to concerts like, like, as much as i do brian <laughs> i don't see cardi b having water behind a glass would be sad uh, That'd be like having to say bye to my mom at the airport entrance instead of the gate. That's the ramifications of that for me as a concert goer are as grave as like I can't drink water. But it feels like through, this. I can't can, bring water through security. But it feels like this measure is more designed to like protect. Uh, well, what you're describing is more to protect performers than audience members, and in this case, it's the audience member suing a performer. Right for, for like battery. Well, obviously, it's easier for her to sue Cardi because Cardi was the only one on stage. It's very clearly her that throws the microphone. Whereas the drink, it's like, how do you arbitrate that? And that's why it's a scary. Well, you can like clearly see the hand. Of, like I could think. I you guess clearly see who who <laughs> threw it. It's but. like, yo, that's Christina. Look at the ring on her finger. Yeah, I fucking know that two cent <laughs> nail job. You fucking did. You yeah, because all the people at Cardi B concerts are like Cardi B simulacra. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um. But what's interesting is Cardi B's security team at the start of the show, and I think Cardi, at least according to this article that we pulled up, said, um, Cardi's hot today, so, so throw some water. Oh, really? Well, the actual quote is somewhere in that article. Oh, so they even, like, encouraged the audience to potentially cool her off? Yeah, but, it, yeah, it was like, it was like, that was the that was the terminology. It was like, now so, I, I never thought it, well. But isn't that interesting? That's yeah. why I brought it up for Bogey, because I'm like, oh, this is kind of morally, like, multifaceted. I think... This this story has become more interesting. Like she was asking for it. Yeah, this this story has become more, more multifaceted than I thought. You're right. I know. 
So what song? But she's not quite a Guantanamo Bay, but she's Dominican. So. Yeah, and I'm I'm. Uh, she's a Puerto Cana. Puerto Cana. She's okay. Dominican, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Punto Cana. Oh, okay. Isn't that the Dominican Republic? I think that is a city in the DR. Yeah. But but how would we make that cute to sound like a Punta bay? Cana Bay? A Punta Cana Bay. Punta. <laughs> a Puta Cana. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's a yeah. Puta Cana. Yeah. Puta con ganas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hell yeah. So what does that make me think of? Um, here, one second. Do you know what song you wanted to do? Yeah. Okay, go ahead, because okay. I'll pull this one up. Oh, you know what? I didn't have mine ready. Oh, that's so us. That is so us. That's so fucking... Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when we danced to that? I was about to ask you the same. <laughs> we were like question. eleven years old in a summer program in Austin at Zachary Taylor Theater Camp, which I Zach remember. Scott. Zach, Zach Scott. Zach Scott. <laughs> Zachary Taylor's the he bad. Was a president. He's the nasty president yeah. that we don't like. The trail of tears and everything. Yes. Zachary yes. Scott. Zach Scott. Theater. I look back on that theater program fondly, and then they had us shaking our asses to "Splish Splash" by Bobby Darin. Yeah. Yeah. And it that, was it was almost like a Dita Von burlesque number when I look back, you know. I was like, I was in a big martini glass and <laughs> And there was foam everywhere and a giant olive, a giant styrofoam. Two seashell olive. pasties. So what song does this make me think of? Um all right. I'm just gonna do it just because it's the only song. Just I do can. it. Just do it sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. Namely Namely, the chorus. Brian. Hold on, where's the chorus? There we go. The voice inside my head. I miss you. <laughs> I've never heard that part. I miss you. So explain to me why that's your bogey, bogey, bomb, bomb. Uh, be beat. Because I ran out of time to think of a song. Okay. But what, where I'm going with this is um, Cardi shouldn't waste her time getting bogged down and all this. Uh, well, because she's really rich for starters. Yeah, don't spoil it. You know, this... This can't benefit you in any way if you like. I, I understand her. Her maybe it was like a little escalatory to like just pelt a microphone right to someone after someone was like, "Hey, cool her off, fellas!" And she's like, "What the fuck?" And then just like immediately. So I'm just like, "Don't waste your time, Cardi. Just that guy's a voice inside your head." Oh, I like, see. You're like saying out. like Zen. Be Zen up there. Be more Zen, which isn't her nature, and I've <laughs> <No>. always <laughs> liked that about her. Of Me course, too. Um, I'm I'm a Cardi B apologist. But yeah, and and I miss you. Uh, <laughs> you miss Cardi? Yeah. I guess it has been a while since Invasion of Privacy or whatever that album was. Yeah, I just don't think her. I've always been like suspicious though for success, where I'm like, oh, why did the gatekeepers let her in, but not? I don't know. I mean, she, someone more alternative. You she know what became I mean? a big personality because she was like recording, you know, the trap life and shit, and like doing her own little vlogs and yeah. So I guess like, and she's a very entertaining. She was a person. personality. Yeah, right. she was a personality who was also making music, and I guess the the right person saw her, connected her to the right producers, and she's kind of like the modern day chattel 
Even though Chattel's Ooh. still alive, she's still our modern day Chattel, but like, I feel like she's, the way Beatbox is the heir apparent to Four Loco, that's, Car Beatbox is to Four Loco as Cardi B is to Chattel. You're right, did Chattel, did Chattel, I mean, st dude, stupid question, because I mostly know Chattel as an actor, but does she also do music? Yeah. Yeah, okay. For sure. Yeah. What, song, what, is, what are like her famous songs? I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, she's we like can't a, name a single she's song. She's like a virtuosic flamenco player and stuff, and. Okay, yeah. I'm sure she's had like I just don't know like tracks. any of her famous songs. Yeah. But but also she has this like great mystery about how old she actually is. Like her her age changes every yeah. year, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, I so fucking love Chattel. Maybe when Cardi's like great Instagram in her 70s and 80s. Not as good as Spencer Pratt's Hummingbird Instagram, but it's up there. Yeah. Um worth noting for future <laughs> reference everybody. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. It certainly did it for me. Where can people find you, Julian? They could find me on Instagram at Jules Goza, J U L Z G O Z A. And on TikTok, same thing, J-U-L-Z-G-O-Z-A. Uh, you can find me at Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot Bogart, B-O-G-A-R-T on Instagram. Please follow the Guantanamo Bay's podcast on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, we've been so grateful for the studio space here at Deaf Noodles Comedy Club because yes. it's just helped us up our game and giving you all better content to look at. Um, I'm also going to be doing a comedy show um, August 9th at Genghis Cohen. Uh, why did I say that so weird? At Genghis Cohen. Co at Genghis Cohen. Your text is showing. <laughs> at Genghis Cohen. No, but at Genghis Cohen, um, it is a show that I did in Austin and a few times in LA called Banter. We're going to have some great comics and interview them afterwards about their sets. And then I'll be doing that same show August 27th here at Deaf Noodles. So a uh, Banter's being revived. We're going to do it at a couple different clubs. And Brian's going to ask me to be on one. Isn't that right, Brian? You, I, I sure will. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, and you know, follow me, follow us for the show dates, but from Guantanamo, from the Guantanamo, I'm fucking up all over it. From the Guantanamo based podcast. I'm Julian Goza. And I'm Brian Bogart. Thank you. Hasta luego. Hasta luego. Thanks, Trina. <laughs>